What is up, party people? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I think I already did that. Happy Monday. Tis a Monday. Tis the season. How did you do through the last episode? I'm no, I'm asking because I know I'm out here just scarring people. I'm out here just <laughs> trying to bring the heat on purpose or not on purpose. It's going to happen. I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you with the first episode. Now here you're back for the third episode, second video episode if we're keeping count. Thank you to anyone who actually tuned in and has subscribed it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure I didn't tell you that that's where I was putting it, but that's where I'm at. So if you're more into videos, then that's where you can find me. I'm an audio girl. Maybe it's because I'm a I'm a child of the 90s. I am not. I'm an 80s baby. I'm the last, depending on what you're talking about, I'm the last eldest of the most eld millennials. For that reason, for their protection, for them to feel safe and like they are in a safe place and that they can tell their story, I'm going video every other episode. So it just me. Unless I have a wild and crazy one who wants to show up on camera and show out on camera but they're not on podcast regularly. They do not podcast regularly. They haven't had almost two years of experience doing this like I have. It's crazy. But here we are. So Thanksgiving's over. I really hope and pray that you found something to be grateful for. Now I will say this Thanksgiving was quite different for me than any other. But it was my dad's side that was like the chill, calm, small holiday. And then mom's side was crazy fun. Everybody just fun and family and cousins and craziness. So growing up, we went to one of my uncle's houses every Thanksgiving. And it was like crazy madness with definitely not enough food. Um, so I was always used to big, bright, loud um, crazy Thanksgivings. And then as we got older and everybody started having their own families, the kids were now the adults and started doing that. And then the adults are the elders and, you know, we're doing that. Everybody just kind of does their own thing for Thanksgiving. Um, this year I did my own thing for Thanksgiving. It was really weird. It was weird, but it was good. It was absolutely necessary. It was absolutely necessary for a lot of reasons. Um, the FOMO, I still have a little bit of FOMO for not going, but not enough to make me break and go. Boundaries, right? Boundaries. So it was very different. It was a little lonely, um, but it was a great time of reflection. And in that, oh, here we go. And in that, I just, I, I know that this episode is an episode that needs to happen. I told my mom, my co-host, I don't, I know what this next episode is. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know what it is, if that makes sense, which makes very little sense when I say it out loud, but inside I feel it. Grief and loss, right? This season is about grief and loss. And I think a lot of times we associate that with death, right? We associate it with death. We associate it with breakups. We associate it with losing a person or the removal of a person from our lives or us being removed from 
a life that we knew, family life, like, you know, someone not being there anymore. That's kind of what we associate grief and loss with. Going through this season, my gosh, this holiday season, going through this holiday season, along with this season of the podcast, it is not lost on me that I am in a heavy period of grief right now. I know. How can you tell? I keep it light and airy on the outside while it's just tumultuous and grief stricken on the inside. I don't do it to pretend anymore though. That's a huge thing. I was always really good at pretending. I was always really good. I am still really good at it. I just choose not to stuff everything down. And I stuffed it all down so well that everything, all of my 40 plus years of life and trauma and sadness, grief, all of the bad, all of the negative stuff, I had stuffed it down so far and so well that it was all just living in my big toe. All of it, like literally living in my big toe. And I say it that way so you can kind of imagine the pressure, the pressure, the pain, the the unnecessariness of it all. Taking it all down and pushing it all down because from a very early age, I was always told I was too emotional, that I make a big deal out of nothing, that my feelings are too big compared to what they should be. And now looking back, I've realized that I was told and taught to repress everything that I am. And that's not fair. And baby Steph, who took over last season in the episode, The Takeover, so I suggest if you have not heard that one, you go back because that episode was a catalyst. It was a jumping board. It was a crazy fork in the road that I took a hard left on, and I'm so grateful for it. But when baby Steph took over and I decided to heal all parts of her so I could heal all parts of me and feed to her and give to her and nurture her for everything she was always told not to be, for everything that other people couldn't handle. It's so crazy to me because when I look at my niece and my nephew and they are just just bright and bold and full of so much life and promise and ideas and creativity. I go off with them. I don't go off on them. I wish I could have had me there for me at their age to go off with them and not off on them. For instance, I was out at Walmart with Best Dude And he is a very, like, he gets so excited about things and he vocalizes and verbalizes that. And I am that same way in a lot of ways. In all ways, I am very reactive. And he's the same way too. He's only eight. So Best Dude and I are walking down the aisles and they already have Christmas stuff out, toys and everything. And everything is just, the SDF, look at this. The SDF, oh my gosh, look at how cool. And he's just getting very excited. Now, I've heard adults correct their children or the children that they are with before. And I am not saying anything is wrong. So if you feel guilty about this, that guilt is on you. And I suggest you do something to reconcile it. That's all. I'm not blaming. I am not shaming. I am just observing and giving my opinion. Seeing other adults or like you're out at a restaurant, right? And the kids are kind of being kids and the parents just get embarrassed and stop. I get it. 
I get it. I don't judge. I laugh. Like, I think it's, I think it's funny that kids can get like that. There's one thing, like, it's the difference between being a kid and having fun and just not knowing better. Cause you don't, you like <laughs> socially, you don't know better yet. And there's another thing, just being a brat asshole kid that nobody wants to be around that everybody from child to adult can agree, like just needs to get taken out to the parking lot and given a good, it's your kid. That's what we have booties for. I can differentiate the two and I find it hilarious when kids are just whiling out being kids and the parents are getting so cringy, like worried about who's looking at them. Don't worry. I'm looking at you, but I am here in full support because your kid is making me smile. That is hilarious. So with my niece and nephew, I, I, I mean, I'm not walking around screaming in the store with him, but I was having fun with him and allowing him to be as excited as he could possibly be because he's excited everywhere I was with him and I'm taking note, we're walking and I did not see one grown up or adult look at him and scowl. Not at all. Not a single one. People were actually kind of giggly to hear my reactions to him. Me being that excited and standing there bargaining with him. Well, like, yeah, if you can find a $5 toy, we can get it now. Or I'll take $10 and add it to your Christmas shopping spree. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't get the concept of which was better. And he ended up going home with a $6 toy. Um, it's cool. I'll still add 10 bucks to his, <laughs> to my spending limit for him. But just to experience that with him and go through that with him and feel that joy with him where maybe my parents after working a 40 plus hour work week and mom cleaning the house and taking care of everything couldn't build or find the energy to deal with two very excitable kids and it was hard and so we got told to stifle it a little my mom not so much she was pretty good at it but people would complain to her. I remember that. I remember other grownups complaining to her to like settle her kids down, complaining to her that we were making too much noise. The biggest culprit of that was her mother. If you've listened to any of the episodes where I mention her, you'll know how I feel about that. Knowing your grandma hates you is a really ugly feeling. Like that's an ugly feeling and it's ugly to know that from a child. But yes, I do remember that woman calling my mom while she was at work, yelling after she's done yelling at us or while she's yelling at us, calling my mom at work and telling her, come and get these kids. They won't shut up. Tell them to stop laughing. Bruh, being stifled as a child, being told I was too much or too loud or too, I cried too much. I think that was the hardest one for me that I cried too much, that I, I, spoke out too much and I cried too much. So I ended up learning how to not cry. And I ended up learning how not to speak out. Wow, that did a lot. It added to just giving up after saying no wasn't enough to make things stop. I-Y-K-Y-K. That's a hard one. But if you know, you know. Saying stop so many times that it doesn't get heard that you just have to give up. Mm -hmm. It made me mistrust my intuition. It made me mistrust the knowledge that I had so securely inside, not only for who I was, who I am, who I wanted to be, but for people and things that put me in tough predicaments that I knew better. 
that I completely knew better but chose not to listen to myself because I was too loud. I was too emotional. I was too much for them. So I couldn't be enough for me. When I said this episode needed to be made, I know it needed to be made. I am grieving me. I'm grieving the time that I lost being anybody else but myself. I am grieving the changes that I made to myself, how I move, how I operate in life because I was too much for other people. I'm grieving all the times I knew better but did worse. I'm grieving the things I lost out on, experiences, people, life, living life. I'm, I'm grieving loss, a feeling of lack for certain things, a feeling of being so misunderstood because I couldn't open up and be exactly who I am. Okay, if it's on my heart, I guess I should say it. I, I've i always been a writer. I've always been really good at writing. I've always been good at getting words down on paper and making them make sense. I always thought I, a part of me wanted to be a writer like when magazines were a thing. Um, I wanted to start a magazine for teenage girls who were like me. I guess it would have been like the first plus size teen girl magazine. <laughs> it could have been something. Um, I always wrote poetry. I always journaled. And then when my dad died, I couldn't. I I just could not put pen to paper. I I couldn't get out what was inside. So I trapped it down even further. Now, since having the podcast, I will occasionally journal. I will occasionally write things down. And one of the things that I've always done since I was very little, and not often, but it's happened and it's been inspired and it's kind of come out of nowhere sometimes is that I've written songs, but I got really inspired the other night last week, a couple weeks ago, and I wrote a song and I'm working on it. It's not a full song. It's just talking about me being me and realizing that that is and has always been more than enough. Sometimes it's too much to take for people. Sometimes it's not enough for people. Sometimes they are completely off put by it. Sometimes they believe it to be false. And that saddens me for them. Not for myself, but it saddens me for them because that means I have done so well and I have played my role perfectly in being whomever you have told yourself that I am because I'm giving you that. I'm giving you the me that you think I am. I'm giving you the me that you expect. Good, bad, or indifferent, I'm giving you a fake version of myself, completely fake version of myself and allowing you to believe that that is who I am. And truth be told, a lot of times that version of me is simply a reflection of who you are and how you are and how you treat people and how you come across to me. In other words, I am mirroring you. I'm very good at mirroring. 
So if we're having a conversation and all of a sudden your tone starts to go way up and things changing, you get louder. Guess who's going to get even louder than that? But it's just to show you exactly how you are. Some people don't understand that and have come back at me with, you're yelling at me. Why are you doing this? Speaking to you exactly how you're speaking to me. I give what I'm given. And I've done that my whole life, but now I know how to harness that and use my powers for good and not for evil. And it doesn't come from a place of anger and hurt and destruction. It comes from a place of standing up for myself and not being willing to be a fake version of myself anymore, which a lot of people can't reconcile because all they've ever gotten from me is a fake diluted version of who I actually am just so I can stand to be around you. Oh, she blunt. Ooh, she blunt. Ooh, she real. Ooh, she says things for what they are. People can handle that. People can handle that. I don't like to lie. I'm not a liar. Um, being told lies is one of the worst things you can do to me. I hate it. It's disgusting. I'm a very understanding person. Very understanding person. I am, I am, sorry, I am forgiving um, when forgiveness is due and necessary and it's just funny to me. It's just all funny to me. Being a fake version of myself, being a people-pleasing version of myself has allowed people not to see me for who and how I am, but never once coming from them to think that I've done it to protect myself from you. I can be accountable. I can be responsible. I take responsibility and accountability for my actions, but you never stop to think that me being that version of myself was to protect myself from you. I'm not speaking to any one person here either, so if you feel that hitting you, then that is yours and you should take it with you because I'm not willing to wear that trauma for you anymore, but that does belong to you if you feel that it belongs to you and there's more than one you that it can belong to. Baby Steph ain't holding back. Baby Steph is not going to bite her tongue. And the things that I say, not only are they not lies, they come from my heart. They come from a divine. Stephanie needs crown. You don't think my crown chakra is activated when I want to activate it? They come from a divine place of understanding and hope that you can see that what I speak is truth and not hurt. What I speak is truth and not anger. What I speak is truth and not lies. People can't handle that. It hurts them. Truth hurts though. That's what we say, right? And I don't seek to destroy. I seek to build because if me being a little more blunt, me being a little more honest, me being a lot more real with everything, even if it angers you, even if it saddens you, if it can open you up to see that it's okay to grieve, it's okay to grieve the you that you lost because you gave you away. It's okay to make a way for you because you gave you away. Great. Now I just get to sit with this for a while. It's coming, people. It's coming out. It's all coming out. Thank you for parting with me, even if this is a sad grief party. Thank you for being a part of this. And I will talk at you soon.